0: I remember going to a meeting once where this girl actually climbed through the window above my door, stole my ideas for Kodak. And then when we were in that meeting at Kodak at at, inside the agency to the head creative director, she literally presented my stuff right before I was supposed to present my stuff. I'd never seen anything like it.
1: Have you ever wondered How do you grow a conscious e-commerce brand online while also making a profit? Yeah, me too. After watching my family members suffer through cancer and heart disease using products by companies that care more about profits than their customers, there must be a better way, right? That's when I discovered an emerging wave of successful purpose-driven businesses and I knew I needed to be a part of it. So join me as we dive into the stories behind the most inspiring brands in the world and discover the secrets on how they successfully win over the vote of their customers' wallets and grow their business online. My name is Vincent Tanyono, and welcome to the Conscious E-Commerce Leaders Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious E-Commerce Leaders Podcast. Today we're talking about one of my favorite topics. It's about messaging, email marketing, and email copywriting. Because I have Kevin Brown, and he's an award-winning Los Angeles and Madison Avenue copywriter. And he worked in the biggest ad agencies for over two decades, writing hundreds of commercials and thousands of print ads for big brands like Coca-Cola, American Red Cross, Sprint, Kodak, and many others. And over the last five years, his messaging sequences have generated over $56 million for his partners and clients. So I'm excited for this. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, thank you, Vincent. How are you? How's everybody on the call? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. Um, I'm really curious about your background. Were you always into like, marketing? And what was it like working with those large agencies in Los Angeles and New York oh. City?
0: Yeah, it was it was fun. I I moved. I got married, and then my wife and I moved right to Los Angeles because uh, I had a, an, an offer to become a screenwriter in Hollywood uh, right away. I had published a book, and Wes Craven from Nightmare on Elm Street saw it. So we moved to Los Angeles, <laughs> and as luck would have it, uh, th- that deal fell through. But that's where I started my career in advertising. And I got hooked up with this very famous guy named Dan Mountain out in um, Santa Monica, California. And it was nonstop fun. You know, I should have been writing coupon ads, to be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. that's what, you know, young newbies are supposed to do. And Dan had me writing TV. And when you write TV, you get noticed. So then I got noticed by James Patterson, the famous writer, James Patterson, who at the time was the creative director at a place in New York called J. Walter Thompson. And he flew me out to New York and he said, you're working for us starting Monday. I go, whoa. I didn't know I didn't have a say in the matter. And, uh, you know, from there, advertising back in the early 2000s was just non-stop fun, competitive as hell. Uh, mm-hmm. And people would steal ideas left and right. But it was just super, super fun. And I did a lot of TV and a lot of print ads and a lot of stuff that your listeners uh, have seen, just don't know that I wrote them. So it was
1: total fun, man. Wow. People stealing your stuff means your stuff is really good, right? Oh, <laughs> and it works.
0: listen to me. People used to come in on the weekends and, and pick locks and go through drawers to get ideas. I remember going to a meeting once where this girl actually climbed through the window above my door stole my ideas for Kodak. And then when we were in that meeting at Kodak at, at at, inside the agency to the head creative director, she literally presented my stuff right before I was supposed to present my stuff. I'd never seen anything like it, but this went on all the time. It was epic. But you know, and I look over at her like, are you kidding? And she was not kidding.
1: She was fired, but you know, that stuff happened all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I crazy. mean, I can, I can really see that it's really like a cutthroat there. So how do you like oh, stand out from all the rest of the copywriters and marketers there? Well, I can tell you this, uh, copywriters don't hope other copywriters
0: do well. Not at that level. Like, you just don't because, mm-hmm. you know, when I first got started in advertising, I was competing against guys making 10 times the amount of money I was making. So I wasn't going in there going, Hey, I hope you do great today. I knew that I had to present better have better creative, have better reasons for every single thing in there and just have it flow. And I had a knack for having, once I got to the client, I had a knack for showing the client that I really cared that we sold his soap or his toilet tissue or his, you know, whatever, you know, his mattresses. And I really did. So I kind of had to do both sides. I had to please the agency to no Mm -hmm. end. But I also had to show the clients that I really cared about selling their stuff, which I did because I'm from an entrepreneurial background. My parents owned a store for 30 years. So I
1: did understand both sides, and that helped me. It helped a lot. And so what were some of the like you know, the fun uh, ads or print ads that you've worked on that really like stood out for you? My most famous story was
0: uh, we were doing Super Bowl ads for Kodak. And Kodak was about to leave this one agency, and Patterson says to the whole team of like 100 creatives, he goes, "For the next two weeks, you drop everything and you're going to work on Super Bowl ads for Kodak because if Kodak leaves, that's 500 million dollars out the door, right?" So we ended up working on this spot non nonstop, and we had my partner and I had the best spot, right? It was about this is cool. It was about this timekeeper up in up in the heavens right and and he controlled every second of every second of every second and so we thought well if you slip the guy a couple of bucks he could actually slow time down so that you could take a picture of all the most beautiful things that happen in the universe Mm. with a kodak camera right so it was this big wood clock and and we had a guy go up to, you know, the timekeeper and, and hand him a couple of bucks and he puts this mop handle in this thing. This is all to be a Super Bowl spot. And. Um, with time completely slowed down, people could walk through life and see all these beautiful images and with their Kodak camera, take all these amazing pictures. But what happens is time is always going to keep going. So the mop handle breaks, time goes back to spinning and, you know, all those images become Excuse me. Other images, and we didn't get. The whole agency was rallying behind this one idea, and it was it was going to change my life. And um, at the last second, uh, Patterson pulled out on it, and. We later found out that the guys at Kodak had heard about it. And they tried to hire me. It was a whole mess. But there's a lot of games that get played at, at uh, a very high level of advertising. And some of it's fun and some of it's tragic. Yeah, <laughs> I, can yeah tell it you that. A, I like that idea of that.
1: that yeah, yeah it it was, I think that's brilliant. It was,
0: su- oh, it was super cool. No, but I did stuff for Coke and uh, Pam Cooking Spray and Barilla Pasta and Partnership for Drug Free America and Bronx Zoo. And, you know, funny thing about the Bronx Zoo, the Bronx Zoo, we did a commercial. We actually had to shoot it in Los Angeles. Don't even ask me why. Um, but the idea was that this girl looks like she's being chased by this gorilla because the Bronx Zoo had just opened up Congo, which is, a, a, you know, all about gorillas. Mm-hmm. And at the very last second, you see this gorilla and he looks like he's attacking her and she's running through the woods, running through the woods and the music's really intense and at the very end the gorilla comes right up to her face and he blows out just a snort and you see the his is uh you know the, the, his air on the glass so you can see that there's glass between the girl and the, and what you didn't know before and the production company couldn't make that happen they couldn't do the, you know with the compressors and the air so at the very last second my my partner and I said well what if she just presses her nose up against the glass like this, you know, and just presses yeah. her and it worked. And it was like, that happens a lot in advertising where you have to have things happen like right now, right now. And so that became a, a really good one for us too. So there was a lot of great stories, crazy stories, throwing bottles of wine
1: story. yo, you know, <laughs> just crisp, pure craziness. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So let's transition a bit to yeah. what you're doing now to today. Yeah you're more into the uh, helping e-commerce businesses, especially with their uh, messaging sequences. So what were some of your takeaways from your uh, learnings from the agency days and how does that translate over into the e-commerce space? That's a great question. Here's the biggest problem I see e-commerce
0: owners falling into is, uh, and I'm gonna use Shopify as an example. I know not everybody's Mm -hmm. on Shopify, but for whatever platform you're on, they'll typically give you templates for email sequences, whether those are follow-up, yeah. card abandons, revival, uh, referral, whatever those are. And <laughs> dare I say this, they stink. These templates are terrible. Um, I, I read them and it makes me kind of nauseous because they have nothing to do with you or your tone of voice or, or they don't even sound like one human being speaking to another human being. And that's what I became kind of really, really good at with advertising is talk the way you're talking right now, like you and I, Vincent, we're talking right now. I mean, if you saw this as a transcript, you'd say, oh, yeah, I remember he said this and I said that. I think most e-commerce people either take the templates that they're given and don't realize why they're failing or Take the mm-hmm. templates and try to amend them, and still don't realize whether results aren't good, or take the te- or don't take the templates and do it themselves, and then come out with this business speak that just doesn't work. Yeah. I do. My background has taught me the power of brevity, the power of being an honest person, the power of being communicative and and open, and you know. A, a, a classic example in, in one I'm just doing right now, it says, hey, listen, if you've got 20 minutes, this is funny. You got 20 minutes. I need you to do this thing. OK, Brian, if you got 20 minutes, the next line says, listen, if you don't have 20 minutes, if you have 19, I want you to do this thing because it's important, you know, and it's just flips of phrases like that, that just ordinary writers really don't do. And I'm not saying I'm a god in the writing world. I'm not but I do know how to communicate in a super effective way through words. And I think that a lot of people have trouble bringing it from their brain out to the laptop because I think they get caught up in business speak and patting Mm. themselves on the back and telling you how great they are. And nobody wants to hear that because in the end, nobody wants to be sold to and people despise marketing. It's just those two things are, are front and center. So you have to get over those things. Why do you think so many commercials and advertising are based in humor? It's because if I can get you to laugh, then I can get you to see why my detergent might be a little bit better than the other guy's detergent. That's why there's so much humor in in advertising. So I have brought a lot of what I had to learn the hard way to messaging sequences. And I do think I'm in the 1% of messaging sequences. And I want to say this. Cart abandons um, right now, are, depending on your niche, are approximately 60 to 94% of your business. So people get to your cart and enter their info and enter um, everything else except hit that button. And for whatever reason, usually it's price, they walk away without moving through your cart to purchase your stuff. That's 68 to 92 to 4% of people, okay? Mm-hmm. A decent card abandon, decent. And I'm not talking about the ones from Shopify and, and all the, the other places will give you a decent one, get you about 16 to 20% instant rescue, instant, week one, okay? It happens over a, a couple of sequences, but that's an easy one. A really good one will get you about 45 to 50% rescue. That's found money. That's found. So, you know, all these e-commerce people in the universe are spending their money either on two things, traffic or social to get the traffic. Right. And both take time and money. Both take time and money. This is found money. You guys can have immediate money coming into your account, starting now with a killer. And dare I say, kick ass, a card abandoned sequence because it can be had. I fully customize every single thing I do. And uh, by the way, I have a team of writers uh, around the world who work with me. And we know what that first email should be. We also know the importance of the first line of every message that you send these people. We, mm-hmm. there, there's tricks and strategies along the way that just work brilliantly. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if a person has a really good card of sequence on, then you can start talking about other things within their world of e-commerce. But this is found money. This is like, oh, OK, bring this guy over. You know, he'll do it as a test. Him and his team will do it as a test. And oh, my gosh, suddenly we've got four extra grand coming in a month. And, and it's because, you know, he, he learned a little bit about us, a little bit about how we speak and how we act and all that other stuff. And it's very fulfilling for me to do that because I love watching people write
1: me great testimonials. I love it. I'm kind of a junkie for that. Yeah. So that's that's my thing. Yeah, so from what I hear is that you have discovered like some sort of a formula of how card abandon should be like. So can you give like some, some tips on how to get better conversions?
0: Yeah, uh, the very first thing I would do is stop writing like you're a business machine. You're not, you're a human being. And also stop trying to sell, you know, you're trying to help it. uh, Zig Ziglar has a great quote, which is you can get you can get anything you want out of life by helping as many people as you possibly can. Great quote. And I live my life that way. Mm -hmm. If I were any one of the people listening to your podcast right now or in the future, I would sit down with a very large pot, pot of coffee and I would write out a sequence and I would do it as if you're talking to a friend of yours OK, here's, you know, hey, I noticed that you, you know, you, you, you were I know you're interested in this thing because you came all the way up to this point. You know, let's you know, let's find out where things went wrong. Maybe life got in the way. Maybe your kids noticed there was a small fire in your attic or, or maybe your wife decided you wanted to have another child. You know, who knows? But it could be any one of those things that happened along the way. What you can't do is be a salesperson. And you Mm -hmm. can't be an annoying marketer because those two things don't work. We hate those things. How Mm -hmm. can you do what you're trying to do, which is get more sales by being of help and by being a human being. Um, So if you're going to go it alone, and by the way, I'm more than happy to look at anything that any one of your listeners is doing. And I can comment on it individually just as a help. Um, But if you're going to go it your own direction try try just talking you know maybe read it into your iphone and then just transcribe what you wrote because a lot of people have trouble bringing it from their head to their fingers onto a computer something goes haywire i don't let it get haywire because um that's it's a waste of time um the other thing i I would do is tell people how much you struggled along your way i mean there's there's a process called hero's journey hero's story which is where I was in your situation. I had an e-commerce store, which I have, by the way. I failed miserably. I didn't know what was wrong. I sought help, and then this is what happened. And that's me bonding with you. That's all I just did right there was I, I showed you. Oh my God! I'm I'm I have the same problems you do. My my 16 year old needs braces again, and and, and how am I going to pay for that and all this other yeah. stuff? So. You're the only person that can tell your story, only you. And that's one of the most beautiful, amazing things about this is only you can tell your story. So if you own an e-commerce store, I don't care what you sell. You could sell toothpicks. I don't care. You have an amazing story of how you got to there. And that's what my team and I bring out in you is what did you do then? And how'd you, how'd you get over that? And then we humanize it. We human speak it and, sounds like just two guys in a bar over an apple teeny talking and it works really well because we're not trying to sell we're having we we want to get people in e-commerce to the point where people look forward to getting their emails not like oh god another one of these you know you want to get this you want to get my emails because they're fun you know and they're engaging and they're compelling and i get people to click and then you're in my web
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's the deal. Yeah, I love what you're you're saying there, like telling stories. And I think a lot of like e-commerce brands, they all they do is like, hey, today's 40% off. And then the next week again, they send the same like generic email that looks just it, pretty it, much you, like everybody, you, right?
0: I, I mean, listen, the, the the richest people in the world will always tell you that if you want to be different, you have to do every single thing you're doing differently. If you think, mm-hmm. like you just said, that sending out an email is like, Oh, where you you were right up on the cart, and then you abandoned. You, then you, you know, you didn't come through. And if you send out six of those to that same person, do you think anything's going to change? No. But if you come at it completely different, like a human being, like Vincent or Kevin, right now is being, and there are ways to do that. They're super subtle, and it's almost like you want to presuppose that the sale's going to happen. It's just that they weren't ready at that time. Now, that's not to say. Hey, uh, where, where were you? It was 1057. I, uh, you know, I don't see the sale. It's not in my cart. What, what am I going to tell my wife? It's none of that stuff. It's just very subtle inclusion. You know, it's things like scarcity and time sensitivity. If you weave that stuff in there, it becomes like little nuggets. And I'm not saying this is the last email you're ever going to get from me. That's nonsense stuff. I'm saying we know how to say that without saying it. And you want people to feel as if there's a club out there that they want to join but can't join a little bit. And it's that old joke. And so um, everything I do is very subtle. Like you almost don't realize I'm doing it. I've had a lot of
1: girlfriends say that to me. (laughs) But uh, in the end, it sometimes worked out. Yeah, I think that's really true. Like you don't want to be hard selling them. Like I think the best kind of uh, copy, whether it's email or any other type of, type of ads is like they find they find the information valuable, but and then and it's like, you don't know, like in the background, like they're getting sold to, to buy the product. Right. I, hey, you know, it's
0: funny, Vincent, I have a very quick story and you can edit this out if mm-hmm. you want, but a law firm came to me and they said, Hey, we want you to read, we want you to rewrite our front page of our website, right? And I read it and I'm like, it was two paragraphs of just ungodly, horrible, you know, legalese, right? Legal, legal. Everything was just cold and dirty and dry and horrible. So they said, we'll pay you a good bunch of money. You rewrite this and and we'll be good to go. So I rewrote it my way. And when they read it, they go, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, this is way too much. This is way too much. Just add a couple of words you know just a couple of things so I rewrote it and they they ended up liking it I didn't but at the very end I said to them do you guys mind if I add one word just one single word to what these two paragraphs and they go yeah go ahead they had one word so in between these two brick long paragraphs about legal stuff I put the word P H E W in between, meaning like whoever wrote that was taking a deep breath, like, oh, right, uh, and it was it, it yeah. suddenly turned this crappy copy into something that felt like a human actually was speaking it, and they got twenty four clients that uh, in eighteen months after that, and these were like mesothelioma clients, so it was a big deal. So yeah, but my biggest one, my biggest one, my biggest success was this. Um, you mentioned the 56 million bucks. How that happened was all through messaging on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. A guy comes to me and he says, I hear you're the messaging guy. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm, 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 that's one of the things I am. Uh, I'm also a dad. And, and he goes, all right, here's a list of 14 companies in the United States. Uh, Amazon, Shell, BP Oil, Dell, Computer, Sun Micro, a bunch of others. And he said, we cannot get meetings with these 14 companies. No matter how hard my company, based in Austin, Texas, uh, uh, is trying, um, we can't get any of these meetings. So I said, all right, so what would be a success? You know, if if you're going to pay me for like three months, what would be success? He goes, success would be get us three meetings, three out of 14, and we'll call it a success. Well, in the end, I didn't get him the three meetings. I got him seven And the biggest one was with, I wasn't allowed to say this until this year, was with Amazon. And um, he ended up getting a major, major, multi uh, million dollar contract with Amazon. And it was funny because in the sequence I did for Amazon, it was just very, it was so loosey goosey that they just weren't expecting it. So one woman actually printed out my sequence took it to her boss, he took it to his boss and and it went up and up the line until that guy called my client and they flew him out and six months later their call centers in the Philippines and South America because of a message sequence and to this day he he still doesn't know how I do it, how I did it and I just did it by being like genuine. I I was really, really super genuine and um, that's a a fun story.
1: I love that story. Yeah, I I love it because I mean, like, even in B2B, is also still, like, a human being, right? You're still writing to a human being Absolutely. at the end Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
0: B2B, I think is – do you want to know the truth? I think B2B is way easier sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, people don't go to LinkedIn to talk about them ziplining in Aruba. They go to, they go to LinkedIn to talk about business. And right. so – there's a huge difference between what you guys are doing, what possibly your listeners are doing on on Facebook versus LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I mean, Facebook has so many desperate souls out there trying to push themselves. And again, I'll I'll say this repeatedly. People hate being sold to and despise marketing, hate it and and despise it. So on LinkedIn, it's almost more of first of all, you should, of course, still should not do those two things but it's much more acceptable over there, you know, to say, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a a window installer. If you guys need help, I'm here, that kind of thing. So, but messaging, I mean, I I want to implore every single person listening to this, that messages can be amped up and and in terms of conversions multiplied in the hundreds, if not thousands of percentage points, because, and here's the other great thing about card abandon sequence A good card abandon sequence, most people just have their eye on that prize. Like, oh, I almost sold the the painting and then there was Mm -hmm. card abandon and and I'm going to keep trying to sell that painting. Well, guess what? You've got a lot of other things you're trying to sell. And a good card abandon, what that does is it greases the skids towards building that trust that everybody needs to build and becoming a real human being like you're hearing me and you talk like right now. So I almost don't care if they buy the painting. I care that you, the e-commerce owner, start establishing a relationship with these people based on just how can I help you? Oh, by the way, do you, do you know I also sell mugs? Do you know I also, you know, all this other stuff, but that's all subtle weaving. You know, it's like 99 out of 100 people doing card abandons are only interested in, only interested in selling that thing. I think it's game on. It's like a girl talking to you in a bar. It's like if the girl talks to me in a bar. It's game on. You know, and and now I if I can be witty enough and handsome enough, and other that, that takes a little bit of time. And if I work it right, then I'm you know whatever you you know what I'm saying. It's like there's yeah. a much bigger prize at the end of a card abandoned sequence than that one thing that you. Were, and I don't even care if it's your seven thousand dollar coaching program. You know, um, for e-commerce people, it's not that, but. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that they've built relationships with uh, perspectives just on on email sequences that they didn't know they could write and, you know, yeah. or could be written
1: and and we helped them do that. Yeah, I, I love it because at the end of the day, people buy from those they, they know, like, and trust, right? So in a way that yep. you are establishing that in that email sequence. And also it brings me, it reminds me of like in our earlier conversation before this that uh, you were talking to me about like this, it should be more like a conversation starter. Like we are more like a conversation engineer.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's funny because because you and I did talk, and and I, I, I don't know if I brought it up or you brought it up. I think you did, and and I said conversation engineer. Like I I, mm-hmm. I think I coined that phrase, con- conversation engineer. All that means, and I happen to know that you have an engineering background. Now, now that you and huh. I are becoming friends, and all this is really is. Wouldn't it be amazing to go to like Yankee Stadium and just start talking to every single one of those people individually in your own voice? But some of those conversations are gonna happen quickly, some are gonna develop slowly, but it's like, why not just start hundreds upon hundreds of new conversations and then just see where they play out and be less concerned about selling that painting today Rather than starting all these conversations that you can nurture and build and grow upon and all that that 's where you make a killing long term is the is the kill zone long term always and most people, especially e commerce people that I know don't have a clue what long term looks like you know and again, I would love to start conversations with people i'd love starting conversations with people mm-hmm. and then finding out what they need what what you know, and that happens when they start to listen back to you and trust you, like you were saying. And, yep. uh, you know, my, my goal for all e-commerce people is to start hundreds of conversations that lead to lots
1: of long-term sales. And it's not that hard. To- I think it's also similar to like your earlier point, like you don't want to be speaking like a, like a business or like a corporate, but instead to have like a one-on-one conversation. And here yeah. we're like doing a one-on-one conversation, but at a large scale. You know, it's funny when that the guy who got the Amazon deal, he read because
0: I was running through his LinkedIn account. He goes, mm-hmm. I don't speak that way. And I go, well, people do. And he goes, mm-hmm. all right, well, you know, run with it. And I ran with it and he saw what happened. So I think another thing I'll, I'll say, and I know we're pressed for time is, um, I think a lot of people get caught up in um, they're so close to their own product that they don't see the forest for the trees. And so being a human about a mug is, um, not that difficult, but these people want to tell you the frame, you know, the plastic coefficient, I I don't care about, I, you know, does it, does it make the coffee nice and warm and toasty? That's all I care about. And that's how I would sell it. it. It makes like it's warm and toasty coffee. What the hell just buy it, you know, whatever. So. Uh, Most people are too close to their own product. Most people want to pat themselves on the back too hard. And please don't use those garbage um, templates that you're given. I mean, you could instantaneously be doubling your uh, card abandon sequences overnight
1: if you do it correctly. Instantaneously. So that's that's my deal, Vincent. Yeah, that's awesome. So for people who want to learn more about these emails, or messaging sequences, and if they want to get in touch with you, or uh, follow some of your content. Uh, how do they do that, Kevin? Uh, LinkedIn is the best way to
0: reach. I, I believe it's. Um, well, I, I could send it to you, but it's it's Kevin Brown with an E uh, email copywriting on on LinkedIn. I,
1: I wish I'd known that. I would have written it down. Yeah, I believe I will, it's
0: Kevin Kevin Brown twenty twenty one or something like that.
1: But. Yeah, I will. I will get the link from you, and then I will yeah. put it in the show notes so yeah
0: that's awesome hey listen i I love what you're doing with this podcast I, i i know a ton of people who listen to you appreciate it and i'm willing to help you and anyone uh who listens to you out as much as i can i really would be
1: willing to do anything to help you you're a good guy awesome yeah thanks so much kevin it was a pleasure speaking with you yeah thanks vincent